Let's be a life, no gimmick. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple S Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Smith, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, my old coach, Victor Tadondo. How's it going, Coach Vic? Pleasure, my man. Man, I'm truly honored to have you on there. Uh, you're a staple in the football community in Ottawa. You've done a lot for me. You've done a lot for a lot of my friends in the football community, and uh, it's a huge respect for you to take the time out of your busy schedule to come here and uh, be interviewed by me. So I want to thank you first and foremost before we even get started. So, Brand, any time, my man, any time. Thank you. So for those who don't know Coach Vic, he is the uh, he runs an academy called Gridiron Academy. I used to be a part of it. As you can see, I have the sweater on here. Repping hard. So why don't you tell the people a little, about, a little bit about Gridiron Academy, what you guys are all about? Uh, you know what? It kind of started, kind of started a bit slow. It was, I kind of like just slowly got into it. I what year coaching. Did, you, uh, did you start it up in? I started in 2007. Okay, wow. 2007, exactly. I was in my third year university. Uh, after coaching for the Bengals for about four or five years, I realized, I guess what, we need something a bit bigger uh, mm-hmm. if we want to take our kids to the next level. And uh, starting in 2007, it start, we started as a camp. It was a one a year, once a year camp mm-hmm. uh, during the long weekend of May. Uh, after three years of that, I realized, guess what, once, once a year is not enough. No. And uh, from 2010... We opened it up and we started doing a full, full, full off season. It okay. says that we'll take a kid from end of November, uh, train them up all the way until the new football season, uh, beginning of August. Okay. So when you first started out, what kind of stuff were you doing with your athletes? Was it more speed training? Was it more football specific? It was a bit of everything, right? Uh, we model off of the American system. And it mm-hmm. sense that during all, the off season, obviously the most important season, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a time where you get faster, you get stronger. Uh, so speed, uh, lifting, and obviously position specific. It's like anything. It's like basketball. If you're not in the basketball shooting, you're not going to get any better. Exactly. So same thing with football. You need to be on the field playing football. There you go. Uh, and um, I think thousand, late 2010, we had a bit of a, a, little, a little bit of a twist to it. In the sense that um, a lot, our goal in that sense, was to get kids to the States. Yeah. All right. Um, what's better than to compete against American for American scholarships, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when we start traveling. We start traveling. Our first trip was in Toronto. Uh, if a couple of guys can recall, Tyrone can recall, Grassroot, yeah. Grassroot Prospect Camp. It was right. in Toronto. And then from there, it was Syracuse. Went from Syracuse to New Jersey. Next thing you know, we're in San Antonio, Texas, Cali. You guys went to Vegas on. too, right, at one point? Yeah, Vegas yeah. also, so. Go. So that was the whole point, is like, how can we use football to get kids into universities? That, that's, that's the whole point of the program, Yeah, using and, football to get somewhere in life. And that's one of the, the things I find is usually one of the misconceptions about Gridiron is that people kind of misconceive it as uh, you're selling dreams or there's a lot of misconceptions that go on. But for people that have been involved, especially myself, and we've heard the things that you preach and the mm-hmm. things that you tell us, um, we all know that it's it's a... A pathway to get either a free education or to get a scholarship to kind of subsidize your education it's all about bettering yourself if you end up going further in football great but as you're just kind of attesting to it's a route into getting a scholarship getting an education because that's ultimately where most people not everyone's gonna go pro right that, that exactly and yeah. the way it works too is uh, the program right is like I, I said all the time right football is a metaphor for life 
And that's that's all. That's exactly it. when you first started. Right? What was the first thing I asked you? What was the first thing? Your transcript. Mm-hmm. That that was it, right? Transcript. Um, because we have the great, you ain't going go. You're not going anywhere in life. Yeah. You're not going anywhere in football. You're not. If you're looking for to be a CEO one day without a degree, you know, you know, you have some lucky guys like Bill Gates that will be a billionaire mm-hmm. without a degree. But for, for most of us, right, you need to go to university, you need to go to college, you need to find a passion, you need to work hard at it, right? So, yeah, for sure. So, what kind of just rewinding back to when you started Gridiron? What was your? I know you said you wanted to kind of create that culture of bringing kids to the next level but what was your what was the driving piece that made you want to help kids get to that next level the driving piece uh one of the things that really 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 drove me is the fact that i went through the whole entire process myself as an athlete right Mm -hmm. when i was when i was uh ray lavin i used to take the bus to michigan i took the bus to syracuse Right, I went to camp. Uh, back then, the big camp here in Ottawa was around, not in Ottawa, but in Canada was Ron Diaz camp, which is in Toronto. So I did the whole process. What was it called? Sorry? Ron Diaz. Ron Diaz. So Ron Diaz hold a camp once a year and invite all the Michigan, mm-hmm. the Penn State, all NCAA schools to come watch Canadians players. Right, and um, I learned from obviously from that concept, and obviously from my own trip to Michigan State, Michigan, Syracuse. Um, I learned from that and I realized, guess what? We need something bigger from the grassroots because I start the process late. Same as you start process yep. late also, I right? in grade 11 too. Grade 11 yeah. also, right? And you, see, you saw a difference, mm-hmm. right? Guys who start in grade 9 versus guys who start in grade 11 is a scholarship versus no scholarship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's, that was kind of the, dr- the driving force. Also, too, guess what? Growing up, the reason, the reason, who, uh, the reason why I am who I am today because of some coaches helped me along mm-hmm. the way. My high school coach, Coach Bean, um, I started playing for one grade nine. He was a huge, huge part of my life, my success. Uh, I went on to play Dukes at the major level. Uh, coach Randy Bellini, they were a huge, huge part of who I am today, right? They, pretty much, that's, it was kind of me giving back, yeah. right? The reason why I went to university, my parents were well-educated. They both have graduate degrees, but I was not that kid who was school-driven. Football was the reason why I went to university. Okay. So, me starting the program was to help kids who at one point in their life were in my situation. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so, because a lot of time, too, when you're young, you don't want to listen to your parents. Yeah. That, that's, that's just it. Right? I, I got three kids. My son doesn't <laughs> want to listen to me when he's 14 <laughs> years old. Right? So, having a guy who's in his early 20s, because when I started the whole thing, I was 21 years old. Right? When, when we were traveling, a lot of even when I was traveling with you guys, I was 23, 24. That's crazy. Yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I always thought of you as older, you know, just because exactly. you had such a, a mentor role. But to think back and to think, wow, he was only 23 at the time, or 24, 25 at the time, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to think about, yeah. Exactly. And another thing that kind of drove, drove me to start Grand Academy is a lot of people here in the city are not there for the kids. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have coaches who were there for me, my yeah. best interest. And um, well, through your own experience too, right? You can tell, even when you're younger, you can tell, guess what? Maybe we didn't get, we didn't get along all the time, but at the end of the day, I was there for your best interest. Yes. Uh, I didn't care. Like, our program, I don't care about win or loss, 7-7. Seven seven. We will go to tournament. Sometimes we'll lose, lose three games. But it's about develop. It's all about development. Yeah. It's about progress every single day. It's about getting better every single day. 
Sure. Whereas a lot of coaches here is about the trophy, mm-hmm. about the A cups. Yeah. Right. So it's just really making sure that the kids are getting what they need to get to the next level. There you go. Who was um, so obviously when you started it up? Was there anyone that was kind of instrumental in helping you get the uh, the academy off the ground, or was it kind of you on your own that kind of just kind of built it up yourself? Uh, there are multiple. Like I said, I'm not alone in this at all. Uh, my wife, she's a huge supporter. Like I said, she's my red hand. You can say my red hand man. There you go. Red <laughs> you know, she's she. You know, at that point, like I said, we're two years apart. When you really think about, it, when I started, I was 21, but she was 19. Wow. Yeah. Right. So she she she's a huge huge supporter. Like I said, I was a big. I'm I'm a big dreamer. She make it happen. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? About that? I yeah. dream big. I got all these fancy ideals. She make things happen. So my wife's for sure number one. There you go. Uh, a lot of my old coaches, right? When I first started the camp, like I talked about Randy Bellini. Randy Bellini was there for my first camp. And he's actually one of the men that actually gave me the passion for college football. He actually brought me to my first college game when I was 16 years old. Uh, Randy. Do you, Mike, remember who, uh, do you remember who was playing in that game? I think it was Ohio State versus, it was now versus Michigan. I think it was versus Cincinnati. It That's was a, a pretty big Yeah, game. it was a small school. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Randy was there. Chili was there. Okay, Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson was there. Um, so uh, Ed Joseph was there. Ed Joseph was my running back coach when I played Dukes. They were there. So they were they were a huge part of the program when I first started. Uh, and I also, on the way, I met a guy named Richard Carey. Richard actually owns his own complex right now, sports complex in Toronto, Ajax area. Um, so he's the one that actually pushed the whole idea of maybe, you know what, maybe you should not only do a cam once a year, Maybe you should literally invest in these kids see them more than once, once a week. Uh, so he's the one that really gave me that idea. In the sense, guess what? Take the kids. If you want to change a culture, it's not once a month. It's not once a year. If you want to change culture, you know what? Four times, four ta- four or five times a week. Uh, like I said, we train five days a week. We're we're out of the, we're out of the country at least once 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 a month. Started from January all the way to August. Those guys are. Huge impact on my life. And obviously, on the American side, I got a bunch of mentors uh, that really, really helped me growing up. Uh, one of them is actually Mike Lido. Mike Lido, if you guys watch fo- uh, NFL, Mike Lido is a mentor. Now he's actually mentor for Jalen Smith. Okay, on the Cowboys. C- C- Cowboy. Okay, the linebacker. Linebacker. From uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yes, yes, yes. If you remember for 7 on 7, we play against a team called AWP. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Maybe. AWP is that team AWP. that you know what we went to? Um, what college was it? It was Youngstown. I think I, yeah, I was at yeah. that one. That was one of the only ones I was at. Exactly. Uh, that team there that we lost to was a close game. They were all fancy, wearing all Adidas gear. Okay. AWP. So they're based on Indiana. Yeah. Fourth Indiana. Like I said, that program had over over 15, 20 kids in NFL right now. So, um, like I said, we first met as competitors, playing against each other. But he took me on. He's, he became like an older brother to me. And uh, like I said, I had a lot of issue here in Canada, obviously, especially here in Ottawa, because people don't believe in what I do. So he always, you know, give me a call, be like, mm-hmm. Vic, keep your head up, man. What you're doing is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah so Mike Lito is definitely one of, a, one of my guys there. There you go. So we're definitely going to touch on the criticism. But uh, just before we get there, uh, I wanted to kind of touch on something you said before. So you mentioned that, your coaches growing up and uh, they were big influences on you and that kind of made you want to give back to the community and start Gridiron Academy and I just wanted to kind of mention that yourself, Coach Searle, 
that coached me back in the day were big influences on me. And that's one of the reasons that I'm coaching today. Um, I remember in the Saturday morning position specifics when Coach Searle taught me how to stem. And I was an okay receiver. Yes. But as soon as I learned how to stem, like to anyone who, who knows my football path, like as soon as I learned how to stem, my, my game went from here to here. I still wasn't the best receiver, but I definitely got a lot better from your position specific stuff. So, and that's one of the reasons I got into coaching. So I just wanted to give another thank you to you. And, Appreciate that, uh, man. It's a, it's a big trickle down. So your coaches influence you, then you influence your players, and some of your players are now coaching, including myself. So man, that's just that, that that's that for, full circle. Full we'll talk, circle. We'll talk yeah, about man. Exactly. And I and know what Coach Cyril will be really happy to hear this right now too. Yeah, yeah Coach Cyril's my guy. Man. I will let him know. I will definitely <laughs> let him know. Yeah, yeah. So back to what we were kind of touching on a little bit. The criticism. And yes. I've seen it firsthand because I coach in the community and I've been part of teams where I've heard little murmurs from coaches that I'm on the same coaching staff with. And I've been a part of Gridiron. Um, and there's things that I hear sometimes and I know they're not true. Mm -hmm. And there's times where I'm like, you know what, I have to speak up because I know this isn't true. Um, and obviously, I've seen that you've kind of responded from time to time. So just kind of speak a little bit on, on the criticism, where you think it comes from and how you deal with it. Uh, you know what? I was strong for a long period of time, right? Because obviously, like, I didn't have kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have a family. Because, so, like, you know, I was able to deal with it. But lately, especially last year, it took a whole, it took, it took, it took a, quite a hit on me, right? Because when you have three kids at home under the age of three, you have a full-time day job, right? And you have people that are trying to take your leg any way they can, mm -hmm. you know? It, 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 it's a really real start to it. You start questioning yourself. You see what I'm saying by that? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? The criticism is real simple. Is when you want to change a culture, right? Certain people that have been there for a long period of time, that's what they know, mm -hmm. right? Like Oprah, like Oprah say it perfectly, right? Like Oprah, Oprah, okay. Oprah, yeah. Oprah say it perfectly. I think that there were a say where guess what? People. Sometimes they will not understand. Mm -hmm. they, they will not understand a, a certain level of success mm -hmm. because they're not there. They, they have never been there. They, can, they can't understand it. Yeah. Right. So the only way they can make them make them feel better is by criticizing you. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Criticize by that? what they can't attain. They can't attain at mm -hmm. all because when I when I first started Grand Canyon, it's never been about me. Always been about my guys. Yeah. And I think the criticism start from. I think it starts from one thing, um, the conflict. A lot of, a lot before here, a lot, a lot of team were playing three. A lot of team here, Nakafa, a lot of team. We're talking about the Cumberland Banners, the Myers. They're playing two, two, pretty much two leagues. Yeah, the fall so league, the summer, the fall and summer league. I'm under the belief that a kid should only be playing one football season a year. That was the first conflict, right? Uh, it is. It is an extremely tough sport. It's physical, right? And you cannot be playing 30 games a year. That was, like I said, I put the kid first. My son cannot play 30 games a year. He cannot play cannot play in the CAFA, high school, <clears throat> and OVFL. It's too much. It's way too much. So that was the first conflict. Is guys will come back and they didn't want to play summer football anymore. because And obviously the reason, I'm the scapegoat for everything, right? It's coach right the reason why I'm not playing some ball because Coach Vic said, guess what? You can only play one season. 
and it will go back to guess what coach big brainwashing kids i think a lot of christians guess what a lot of people are putting themselves first before the kids so that's 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 number one and two a lot of those guys are old guys that have played cfl mm -hmm. right never never been to instable right and i never play call I, I never play college football i never play nfl i never play cfl but i truly believe that if a kid have a chance to go out there play nfl a level i never play good for him mm -hmm. where a lot of guys here guess what they play cfl and you know what they they want to be the big dog yeah right and i just don't i don't i don't believe if you want to grow the sports if you want to grow a sport here in the city just like myself, I got a lot of guys like you who are younger to come and step in, mm -hmm. right? And lead the next generation. Exactly. And the old generation will keep trying to, they, they, they're trying to keep a hold of that. It, it, that's, and that's what's killing football here in the city. Yeah. So how hard is it to deal with the criticism? Does it still come in or is it kind of toned down? It, it, it does, obviously. Uh, one thing that really hurt me a lot too is the fact that a lot of those coaches say, I only care about the black kids. The black kids. That, that's one thing that really, really hurt me. Is guess what? Uh, telling kids, killing kids from a different, guess what? Don't go to Grand County because guess what? All Coach Vic cares about the, the white kids. Not realizing, guess what? My God, the godfather of my son is Michael Connor. I, I guess I, I guess he's white, right? Yeah, he's. It's probably Michael is probably one of the best ones come to our academy. Ones went to Penn State. Exactly, yeah. right? Um, like I said, like what is that? That guys that come through, they're white, they're yellow. I don't. Doesn't matter, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that's what that that's one of the criticism. A lot of and one more thing too is like a lot of them just don't like me. Yeah. And I and, and to be honest with you, I thought about it for a long period of time. I was like. Whoa, whoa, why what is it and i think honestly i don't like using the race the race card but yeah because i'm young and i'm black and i'm having success i'm having success mm -hmm. that's what it is people don't like it yeah so we'll move on a little bit we might loop back to the criticism but speaking of the success that you've had i kind of wanted to outline some of the notable people to come out of gridiron because there's a quite a long list uh so my best friend jackson bennett who came out of gridiron went to Ottawa U, now plays in the CFL for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, the people that you have in the NCAA right now include Patrice Rene, who's at the University of North Carolina. There's Jonathan Sutherland at Penn State. Michael O'Connor went to Penn State, now plays in the CFL. Eli Anku for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trent Corney went to uh, Virginia. Yes. There's a, quite a long list. I'm sure you could spout off more names. Luigi Villan at Michigan. Yes. That's another huge school. So just wanted to kind of get if you have any other names you could spout off, some of the big names to come out of Gridiron and yeah. some of the people you're, uh, you're uh, most... One yeah. guy that obviously, you know what, he came in and he was an underdog, prove us wrong, Graydon Campbell. There he's a William yeah. Mary. Uh, he's, uh, he's a fourth-year guy at William Mary. Obviously, people don't hear about it because William Mary is in one double A school, right? People always hear about the Michigan, the Ohio State, and all that. But William Mary is a good academic school. Yep. He's doing really well Still there. D1. Still D1. Uh, one of the top academic schools in the country. Uh, he's going his fourth year there. Grading is a great dude, and he's probably going to end up in the CFL. Uh, Chris Forney. Chris yeah, Forney has a Lehigh. Not a smart, smart kid. Smart, tough kid. Probably, I believe, played it with you. Mm -hmm. um, I think I played with his older brother, Chris. Older brother, Chris. Yeah. Um, like I said, like he's... Oh, Ryan, sorry. Ryan. Ryan was the older brother. Older brother. Yes. Like I said, he's there taking... Lehigh is one of the best 
one of the best engineering pro they have one of the best engineering program in the country and he's he's taking it on roll so he's doing well there um we got a lot of young guys coming up we have christian Veye, yeah uh christian's 16 years old christian's close 20 offers quarterback uh his goal is just to be better michael that's what it is right it's to be better michael and and that's that's it and that's that progression right we're going to keep getting better and better every year so christian's there he's at bolus right now playing his high school ball there he got two more years down there uh we have kenny mesador mm -hmm. kenny's senior in his senior year at a school in connecticut kenny got 25 plus offers including usc michigan another top defensive defensive lineman mm -hmm. uh Akeem Mesidor, Akeem's playing slice for high school. Yeah. Kiki, Kiki's a stud. Yeah, you know, it's playing Kiki too. Yeah, <laughs> Kiki's uh, Kiki. I know Kiki since he's ten years old. You know, he's been in France since he's ten years old. Kiki, I have uh, thirty-three offers right now. Uh, that includes the UC UCLA, uh, how Iowa State. If we go on, I think Maryland, Syracuse. You got a long list. Yeah, some big schools. Every school so, you've been naming is a, exactly, is a big yeah. school, right? And these are these are big offers. Exactly, yeah. and like I said, like a, a couple of guys that are, that play CFL that came through the program. We talk about Rashari Henry. That's yeah. one thing too. Rashari came through. Uh, BC Lions. BC Lions. Yeah. Um, a lot out there, right? Like guys came through and just they're balling out. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They believe in themselves, and that's one thing that I just tell the guys: you can, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Go out there, you can do it, right? It's people going to tell me all the time: I'm selling false dream, selling false dream. You know what? It's start with a dream. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Uh, I don't believe that our kids are any less talented than Americans, to be honest with you. And to be honest with you, I think our kids are even smarter than Americans. And um, when you have when you have Christian, a quarterback, getting an offer at 14 years old in grade eight from from Orleans to speak volume. Exactly. Right? Um, so like I said, like a ton of talent. And one thing too, Brandon, like this, the good part about this all these guys here that are gone scholarship, we got 22 since 2011 that gone D1 scholarship. And about 95% of them are from Orleans. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. That's a lot. That's a big list. And there's a lot of coaches that couldn't say that, that they've sent 22 kids even to Canadian universities, right? And you're sending kids to not only Canadian universities like myself, Jackson, but uh, like you said, 22 kids that have gotten D1 offers, which, exactly. which is uh, pretty amazing. And uh, and one more thing too, I want to clarify too, right? Because people come to, to Grand Canyon, they, they truly believe that, guess what? I'm pushing that American dream. I'm pushing the NCA. At the end of the day, I want to tell kids, if you have a choice between playing CFL and playing NFL. It's NFL. It's NFL, all right? If you have a choice of making 750000 minimum salary, like they're making... NFL yeah, versus huh. making 55 in CFL. Exactly. If like, you can get there. If you yeah. can get there, why not, yeah. right? Yeah. Dream big. Just dream big. Right? Yeah. Uh, and the re reality is majority of our kids will end up playing youth sports. Yeah. And they have nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Tyrone play youth sports. Mm -hmm. Jackson play youth sports. Uh, we have a ton of them. Rashard yeah. play youth sports. Me too. You play youth <laughs> sports. Yeah. You know, the list go on, right? Yeah. You know, is youth sports competitive? It's competitive football. Is this, you know, a lot of kids think, guess what? I can, I don't have to go to NCAA, so I can just slack off and go to, and go to Canadian University. No, you can't. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. Exactly. And just another on on that same note of people saying that you sell dreams of, of going D1. Oh, come with me and you'll go D1. 
uh, as someone who's been a part of the program, I've never heard you say that, come with me and you'll go D1. But what you've always preached is hard work will, will take you where you want to go. And if you look in Jackson Bennett's profile right now on Instagram, he still has something that I remember you telling us it's input equals output. Exactly. He still has that in his Instagram bio to this day. And I remember that was something that came from you. And if you come into the program and there's people that came in at this level, this level, it doesn't matter where you came in. If you put in the work and you worked really hard, then the results were going to take you where you're going to go. Exactly. If you're going to work your ass off and you're going to do everything that, that you've been asking, you're on top of your grades, you're working hard in the gym, you're working hard in position specific, then if you already had a bit of talent or if you just worked that hard, there's nothing stopping you from going to the States because if you put in that work, the output will show when you're at the camps or when you're doing testing and all that stuff and co then coaches will take notice and you'll have a shot to go to the States. But you, one thing that people say is that you sell the dream, but you never really sell the dream. You just set the bar high. And then myself, I came in, I worked hard. I didn't get to the, this, the uh, NCAA level, but what people say, it's, it's pretty corny, but if you shoot for the moon and you miss, you land among the stars. So exactly. I shot for the D1, I missed, I landed in the, uh, in the AUS, in the CIS. And uh, had fun out there, so exactly, definitely, definitely was not. Uh, you weren't one to sell dreams uh, when I was there for sure. Exactly, and I think one of the things too, like you're talented, because we have guys that are going D1 right now that were not even as talented as you and Jackson were. I think it's for NCS timing. Yeah, we got it. it. It's really much timing, right? Because uh, by grade eleven, most most big school know who they're getting already. Yeah. So you is you, you come in, in grade eleven, you start you try you trying to put make a name for yourself in the recruiting scene is like it's tough. And you don't really have time to go to a prep school. That exactly, yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So and on, on that note again, um, a lot of people have asked me like, Oh, if, if Coach Vic doesn't pick favorites, why didn't Jackson go D one and, and someone like Patrice went D one when they're they were around the same talent and what I say to those people is that while they were similar in skill set, similar speed, uh, for, for one, not that this is any knock on Jackson, but mm -hmm. Patrice had kind of the long frame to play U.S. corner, mm -hmm. whereas Jackson was a little more kind of shorter, stocky, more built. Uh, and on top of that, Patrice was a year younger. Right? Exactly. So that's a, another year he had when he went to Episcopal. Episcopal, Episcopal yes. I can't pronounce it. Yes. That, the prep school in Virginia. So he had that extra year to get taped. So... It's, it wasn't about picking favorites. It was about who had the who had the opportunity because of eligibility and years, right? Yeah, exactly. So. A, a lot of time, too, like, guys will think... there A lot of guys, a lot of kids here in Canada will, will say, I, I picked talent. One thing, one thing you guys all have to realize is American, like, they like them big. They like them fast. So if you're big and fast, you pass that eye test, you're, you're in the door right away. They they is they're so arrogant that they believe that they can take anyone who's big and fast and coach them how to play football. Yeah. And that's just it. You go to Ohio State, you're not gonna see offensive linemen under six foot three. And yeah. that's just it. Probably even six four, maybe. It's just six four. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. I, I believe they have a lot of good offensive linemen who are under six three. Yeah. But they, they, just, they just want you to have to them. pass. You have to be spectacular, exactly. or know someone, kind of have that inroad. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on was um, 
well, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but the next gen, I've seen on some of your posts, you put that hashtag next gen. Yes. Uh, we talked about Christian Bayou. We talked about uh, Kiki, Kenny. Uh, who else are you kind of excited about for this next gen? Um, kind of name, maybe names like Josh Baca. Who else are you uh, excited about for uh, this next gen? Josh Baca is going to be exceptional. Uh, Josh Baca, people don't even realize. He's a cornerback, right? It, 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 he's a safety. He's a safety now. Uh, okay. he, he's a mixture between Jonathan and Patrice Rene. So uh, that's pretty lethal. That's exactly so. Six foot, six foot one. Was um, just as long as Patrice, mm-hmm. but he's as savage as Jonathan is. Yeah. So um, obviously, been through a lot of struggle, and that's that's the reason why I started the academy too. Right? Our kids, I I choose, I choose kids, choose kids, right? I choose kids that guess what come from a tough, tough background. I I like that. Because it reminds me of myself, right? And the reason why I start the program too, I want to level the playing. I want to level the playground. Like mm-hmm. does, like I said, when I was growing up, is the kids out of money could have four resources. Where now I'm like, guess what? Doesn't matter where you come from. You can come from a single family home. You can come from government housing. It's like Luigi did. Mm-hmm. She's like um, Kiki did, and come to this program here and do well. So that's that's a lot of that's why when it comes to favorites, it's like, you know what? I want kids who are hungry. Yeah. Right. Kids that are sitting nice nicely here. Like my brother is one of them. My brother came through the program. I'm not, I got no shit on my brother. Yeah. But guess what? He's same age as Kiki, same age as Kenny, but he was not as not as hungry. Cause why? He was born yeah. in a six hundred thousand dollar home. Mommy drove the bench around to practice. Yeah. So he's not hungry. So the people that think that you pick favorites, if you were going to pick favorites, I'm pretty sure you would have picked your brother. My brother. And you, your brother, as you said, he didn't... Uh, exactly. And, and I yeah. approached my brother. I'm like, guess what? Look, bro, I'm sorry, but this is not for you. Mm-hmm. Like, college football... He's, and he was fast. My brother's running 4-4. But he does not have that mentality. Yeah. You know, so um, going back to the next generation, like I said, Baca lost his father when he was 10 years old, raised by a single mother. Right, so like uh, obviously that that was a huge story there. Um, he he battled a lot of uh, anger management issues. Um, you know, his grade and all that. Right, so we we, we had to work on that. But ceiling's so high for this kid. Um, name Marty. Yeah. Name Marty. Um, why don't we talk about Donald Aaron Donald? Yeah. You know the the, the new the new speedy. D-tackle. Yep. Neymar is one of them, right? Converted Neymar. linebacker. Converted when linebacker. I coached him, he used to be a linebacker, yeah. yeah. Neymar, same thing. Single family home, mm-hmm. right? Raised by his mother his whole entire life. And he's a tough kid, a lot of anger. He's fast. He's smart. Uh, right now, he he, he he got a couple offers. I will not be surprised to end up in the Ivy League because he's just a smart. Uh, so, talk about Kenny. Kenny is a senior right now. 25-plus offer. Just fast, four, five, forty. Just, just fast, for a defensive fast, lineman, fast. or would he be considered an outside linebacker? Outside backer, DN. A lot of school have offers from as as as, as backer, but a lot of school offers on defensive end too. Because mm-hmm. he's as much as he's only six two, but he have a huge long span, right? Yeah. Um, one kid I'm really really excited about is Akeem Mesador. Mm-hmm. Like, um, eh, the kid is sky the limit for the kid. Six three, two hundred fifty five to sixty right now. I uh, can play all three positions on the line. Can play the five. Can play the three. Can play the one. He's that type of kid, right? Um, same thing. Grow, grew up, raised by a single, single mother. 
Reverend Governor Hausman of his life, and he's 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 a dog. He's hungry. And that's what I once once again that's what Americans are looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Right. They're looking for kids who are hungry. Right. Because us Canadians, we have a reputation of being soft. Um. So those those are the guys right now who are in high school. When we talk about um guys who are not even high school yet, uh, Kelly Campbell, class twenty twenty four. Kelly's yes. gonna be, uh, he's gonna be a stud. Yeah. Kelly's gonna be a stud. He's a kid that ran a four seven this year. As a 13 years old, so he's gonna be a stud. Yeah. You know, another kid from the Cumberland Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly's gonna be good. Uh, we got in the West End. We got um, we probably know who it is to uh, Damien St. John's St. John. A lot of St. A lot of St. John. can play. 15 years old, turned 15, 6 3, 280 pounds, D tackle. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Yeah. So he was at uh, Eli Anku's first camp, actually, that yes. uh, I helped volunteer at. And uh, as, as you obviously know, he was the MVP of the camp. Yes. And the one word that I would have used to describe him at this camp was just simply unblockable. He went against kids older than him. He went against kids the same age as him in the one-on-ones as a DN, D-tackle. And I don't think he was blocked once. That And I've seen his highlight tapes, too. That's... Uh, definitely a kid that you can see that he has it in him he's a big frame like you said and he's fast which is two of the big things that american uh, schools are looking, looking for, for. So yeah. he's definitely one uh, that i'm also excited about too exactly yeah. so, like, future is bright and one thing too like obviously i have kids now right so the way i look at the whole football thing i've changed a lot mm-hmm. uh like i said I'm, I'm really preaching academics uh that that's one thing yeah. uh is one th- at the end of the football will end one day Football end. Either you play one year in a pro, either you don't play any, don't play, you don't get a chance to play pro at all, you spend five years in a pro. At the end of the day, guess what? You have to fall back on that education. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm telling kids, I guess what? We're reaching for the Stanford. We're reaching for the Notre Dame. We're reaching for those high academic school. Yeah. We want our kids to be, not only to be extremely good football player, but extremely smart. Yeah. We're really, really pushing that. Yeah. And that's another one of the, the common misconceptions that I've heard is that oh, you just focus on the football side, you're not so focused on the actual kid or the education. And I think back to when I was in Gridiron and I remember, as you said, one of the first things you asked for was our transcripts. We had to bring in our transcripts. And when I was in grade 11, I thought that was kind of weird. I had never been asked to send my transcript for football before, but I did it. And I remember you also used to have us do uh, homework checks. Exactly. Or... Uh, Study log. Study log. That's exactly. What it was. So we'd, yes. we'd have to study for certain amounts of times, and uh, either a teacher or a parent would have to sign off on it. So, just another way that um, you you've been kind of categorized in one way, and just want to kind of get out to the public there that it's not so much the case. Um, because from being involved in it, I've seen that side of you, and it's it's definitely not uh, exactly. the case. And, and I think a lot of the criticism also is I don't talk to people. You know what? I don't have to. Yeah. I don't owe them anything. Like I said, I work full-time. I got a full-time day job. Mm-hmm. I work in the government, right? And I got three kids at home. Uh, people are expecting me to have beers after and talk about what I do. I don't owe anyone anything. No. So, um, and, and, and that's just, uh, I, and I think that's that's a huge part of it, right? Is like they don't see me at all. Between, when you really look at my schedule, right, B, and you know it, too. Yeah. You know, between training the kids five days five a week, days a week helping five, out with the Bengals, helping the Bengals, I'm helping the Bengals. I'm there. I'm I'm there four days a week now. Not to mention a family. <laughs> that exactly. Like I said, I really I got no time. I got no time to socialize. I got no time to tell people or entertain those community coaches. I, just, I got no time. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And between between all those, another thing too is like people don't realize when Kenny's having problem prep school, when Akeem's having problems, guess who? Uh, guess who they reach out to? They can't talk to their parents. Mm-hmm. Parents don't know what's going on. Yeah. When Eli's having tr- trouble, even now in the NFL, guess who you reach out to? Yeah. So like I said, like they have a huge part of my week where I got to take time to call all those guys. To call Luigi mm-hmm. after going back to back surgery in Michigan, making sure he's fine. Yeah. Patrice just tore his ACL, making sure that's what his morality. He keep it up there. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I got no time to entertain the peewee coach that think that I'm stealing his kid, or the peewee coach that believe that guess what, uh, telling the kid to only play one season is me trying to control the kid, right? Is you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. like I, I really, really got no time for that at all. Yeah. And on that, just another thing on that note of, uh, of the one season thing, I remember um, when I was a part of Gridiron, I was kind of faced between I could play for the, um, for the summer team, the OVFL Panthers, or I could do a bunch of camps in the summer with Gridiron. And uh, ultimately, I chose because I felt that my skill level was more going to be towards the U Sports or CIS. Mm-hmm. I chose to play for the, uh, the Panthers instead of going on a bunch of camps in the summer. Yes. But that was my choice. And I remember you had told us all you had said, you don't have to, you don't have to per se just play the one season or you don't have to per se um, avoid that. But if you're going to play OVFL, it's going to make it tough for you to also come to the camps with me because the OV, OVFL games are every Saturday or every Sunday. And guess what? The camps are on Saturday, Sundays for weekends. We're leaving probably the Friday, maybe even the Thursday to drive down to Michigan, Detroit, wherever exactly. the camp may be. So it's not so much that you're pulling kids. You're telling them, hey, listen, if you want to come be with me, if you want to be a part of the program, you have to be there for the program. You can't be doing things that conflict with it. But that exactly. And one more thing, too, on top of that, academics. Yeah. Think about it, right? Like June, July. Like, Especially that's June. That's exam season. That's exam season. Yeah. So if you tell them that you're playing OVFL, so you practice three days a week, you get one game, game on the weekend, and you want to camp also? You know and what's do training with you and do during training? the week. How are you going to pass school? Like, that's one thing people don't realize, mm-hmm. right? Is and, and that's reality. Like, I tell the kids all the time, guess what? Making sure that you're healthy. You, at the end of the day, you need to be healthy. You need to keep your grades up. Mm-hmm. Because football is going to end one day. Yeah, exactly. So just wanted to kind of loop back to uh, talking about Eli Anku. We talked about him here and there. So plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe he's in his third year now? Third year now, yes. So what was it like for you to, to see Eli play in the NFL for the first time? Were you at his, uh, his first ever game? No. You know what? I was actually... I think the girls were born red after his first so you have a good excuse exactly <laughs> but you know what i was there in december i was there in december so the girls were born in october and i made it i made it jacksonville in december to watch his uh to watch his first game there nice uh you know what it was um you know i kind of i knew he would end up in nfl i knew he with his work ethic i knew he would end up in nfl uh, it was size, his, speed, his, uh, speed and his work ethic it's mm-hmm. huge the character I mean, that's that's one thing people tend to really negate when it comes down to football. Your character and work ethic is absolutely everything. You can have all the skills in the world. You can have the, be the biggest and the fastest. But at the end of the day, man, like, especially when it comes to NFL, they're going to do their research. Mm-hmm. And Tony Brown's got a release. He's the best NFL. He's the best receiver in NFL. Yeah. Because of his character. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was it was really it was quite a pleasure to see Eli play his first game. Yeah. You know, he's, he's seeing a kid that came from nothing in the sense that when Eli started with me at 13 years old, can you believe that he was not even he was barely a starter yeah. for the Panthers at Pee Wee. That's crazy. Barely a starter. And people told me, don't waste your time. He's soft. Uh, he's soft. He's this. He's that. I was like, you know, you know what? One thing one thing I can tell you is what the kid, he's a good kid. That was the first thing I told those coaches. He's a good kid. And he has a size. Right? Is he a bit soft? Yes. Well, you can teach that. Mm-hmm. If you have the work ethic, you have the drive, He's a, he has a good character, everything else, you can definitely teach. Definitely. So who was another one where um, you were able to kind of see them play? And uh, were you able to see uh, kind of like Patrice's first games and uh, Jonathan's first games? Just kind of the overall feelings that you get when you watch the kids that come out play at the at those high levels in big stadiums. Uh, you know what? Patrice. <laughs> Patrice always been like hate and love in this sense because what Patrice got so much talent yeah right uh patrice sometimes his own he's, he's kind of like his own little enemy like this is, you know about that like but patrice have so much talent so much uh so much upside that when i actually watch his first games he first game he actually started as a true freshman mm-hmm. yeah. as true for his first 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 game ever in college they played georgia i was watching the game at home and he messed up a couple times. Yeah, I think I watched. I think he had uh, maybe one or two PIs, but he yes. also had a pass breakup. I think I watched. That yes, game. yes. Yeah. You know, um, I, I posted something earlier today, right? Like, you, like when you coach a kid, you know, a kid for such a long period of time, you his struggle becomes your struggle. Hmm. Because when Patrice struck, I'm like, what did I do wrong with that kid? He has so much abilities. He has so much skill set. Why can't you not just be disciplined, right? But uh, you know what? It's, it was it was great watching him, right? Because obviously Patrice one of those guys. He learned quick, and Patrice one of those guys. Guess what? He's a hothead. You know what? He need he need he need some he needs something bad to happen for him to to cool down a bit. You see <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying about that? Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's, it's always great watching those guys. Another guy that was really excited to see play college ball was Jonathan because Jonathan compared to other guys, kind of like Eli, is. He's a work ethic, mm-hmm. the work ethic character. Like he, he, you remember Jonathan, oh, yeah. right? Um, grinder in the he's gym. a grinder in the grinder. gym. Grinder, everything he did. he's a grinder. He's this type of guy that guess what? Um, I can I can ask him to play O line on my on my youth team. He will go play O line. Mm-hmm. That's the type of kid he is. So it was really exciting to, to watch him play his first game uh, at Penn State. Although he was uh, he was a backup and played special team, he made the best of it. Yep. You know, my dad, is, Jonathan is in second year, second year at Penn State. He's a captain now. He's his captain now. Yeah. You know what? That, that's his big volume, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Luigi, I'm still really expecting to see see how he does. You know, back to back surgery, uh, really hurt him. Um, another guy I was extremely excited to see his first against Trent Corny. Trent, mm. Trent, Trent obviously uh, played CFL for a couple of years. Went to UVA. Uh, Trent's another guy that came came out of high school, kind of like Patrice a bit. Was God gifted. Like I said, six foot three, two forty five out of high school, benching, bench pressing the world, literally the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, first first year in college, they just put him on special team to knock some head. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, the the feeling's great, right? Because like I said, like 
I'm not like other coaches because I've seen so much that I don't get excited over smaller things. Mm -hmm. you, see, you see what I'm saying about yeah. that? Um, but you know, I've seen, seen these guys accomplish a dream is, is, is amazing. And I'm one of those guys to want to watch a game. It's like when I coach football, if you're doing something because God gave you time to do it, I'm not going to praise you for it. You see what I'm saying about that? Yeah. I'm looking for a bit more than that. Mm -hmm. you know, what, have you the next level. what have you done yourself? You see exactly. what I'm saying about that? Yeah. Like I said, like, in a sense, I guess what? Guys will come to training sometime. They'll be like, coach, I'm running 4-5. I'm like, okay, you're running 4-5, but you came here running 4-5. Exactly. Where this guy here came in running 4-4-9, four, four, now he's running 4-6. That's so more I, impressive. So I'm not going to... I'm not gonna be be pleased or be happy because you're doing what you're born with. Yeah. Like it, you I, didn't work. For you didn't work for it, and that exactly is always is everything's relative, right? You see what I'm saying by that? Exactly. So like a, yeah. like I said, the like guys like Jonathan Sutherland, I respect that a lot because mm -hmm. this kid here, um, like I said, like without Grant Cameron, we'll be playing U sport because technically speaking, testing wise. Test why Jack can test a lot better than he does. Yeah. You see what I'm saying about that? He's not a physical freak. But this kid, his brain, his work ethic and everything else will be the reason why I play NFL. Yeah. It will not be his physical his physical abilities. And I, I, I completely respect that. There you go. What would you say has been the biggest reward of running a program like Great Iron Academy? You know what? I've learned so much, Brandon. I've learned so much about myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of funny, right? Because people always ask me, oh my God, Vic, you have done so much for those kids. No, those kids have done so much for me. Mm. I've learned so much, yeah. right? Uh, I'm a father now, like my son's about to be four. And you know what? Grand Academy, I've helped me raise my kids. Because I've seen kids. I've seen parents. You know what? I've seen the way certain parents are. And I don't, I don't want my kids to be like that. Mm. It was almost a parenting course before yeah. I had kids, right? And um, it, it, it's, you know, I've been, I've learned so much. It's, it's crazy. Uh, with Grand Academy, I've, I've been able to travel the states. Like I said, like before you asked me where, where Austin, Texas, can you drive there? Like obviously I've been like, Austin, Texas is definitely Texas, but I, I've been there now. Yeah. I've been to Cali, right? I've been able to talk to a lot of coaches, right? Like as, as of right now, like, if I call Coach Franklin right now, he will answer my phone call. Penn State. You know, if I call wow. Jimmy, he will answer my phone call, right? Like I said, it have done a lot for me. Like, it helped me mature immensely. And it, not, not only the football aspect, but the, the relationship with the kids, what I've been able to learn from them. Because they're tall, like I said, like, is, um, it's priceless. Yeah. It's yeah. priceless. Even the struggle, you know. It, have, it also taught me a lot about this community. O o Ottawa is... Uh, is, is a weird city. Yeah. <laughs> Let's leave it at that, you know? <laughs> in what way? In what way? You know what? We are all worse than him. A lot of time. Like I said, I, I was give a perfect example. Football, football is a simple example, right? Since 2011, we have, we have sent 22 kids D1 and 90% of them are from Orleans. Mm -hmm. Orleans is a small part of Ottawa. Yeah. Where's the rest of Ottawa? True. There's right? a minimal. I can't. I'm trying to think of uh, if there's anyone like, outside of. Myers. Myers are dominant mm -hmm. every single year. But are the kids going D1? 
No. It's not about to go in D1. How many kids are going to play you sport? Mm. Right? And and it got, it got me to realize, guess what? A lot of people are in this youth sport for the wrong reason. Right? And to be honest, a lot of time too, sports metaphor for life. Right? A lot of people, like I said, uh, my son just starts school and obviously he's having his bunch of issues. But guess what? I'm happy to have a great principal because she's there for the right reason. Mm. Right? Uh, I'm happy to have a great teachers because a lot of people choose a profession. Some people choose profession for money and where other choose profession because they want to help people. He does a police officer, right? And I believe that he's a, he does his job because he truly want to help society. People, for, where, sure. for sure. You will see those, those police officers are there for, mm-hmm. they're there for the, they're there for, for the money, right? Yeah. It's, it teaches you a lot about people, you know, but, uh, Brandon, honestly, like if I would, if I would have done it again, even with Chris, I would, if I, if, I, if I have to do it again, I will do it again. The exact same way? Exact same way. That's e- good, man. It's good that you can look back and there's nothing you would change. Exactly. Another thing, too, is the fact that this is not my job, my full-time job, makes a huge difference because I'm not biased. Hmm. Not biased because uh, other, there are other people here that own football academies, but that's their full-time job. They play CFL for years. That's what they do for a living now. Where me, I'm attentive, right? Um, you come to the program. If your mom obviously is on welfare, I will choose as good as a kid where that his dad's making two fifty. Yeah. Because you you cannot you can't buy me. I got a full time day job to provide for my family, so um I'm doing this for the right reason. So like I just said, I, I've learned a lot. I learned like I said, I'm I'm, I'm 33 years old, man. I, I feel like I'm 50. <laughs> Honestly, because I was doing academy, you know, I start coaching. Aged you, huh? it, I've aged me immensely. I can't, yeah. you know, yes. And the fact that you started it so young too, I bet it, it made you have to grow up and because you had to be a role model to people that were younger than you, looking up to you. Yes. It obviously would have had to make you kind of grow up and mature more quickly than you would have without Gridiron Academy. Well, exactly. I, like I remember, I remember. I, you probably don't remember this, right? Uh, you came to one of the parents, obviously, parents, coaches, interview your parents, mm-hmm. right? I was 23 years old, right? I'm sitting there. Your dad's, I know that your dad is your dad's a cop, right? Yeah. And, and your mom, obviously, is well, she, she's a well-respected, mm-hmm. uh, well-respected woman. She has a great career, you know, about that. And I'm sitting there. They're asking me questions, you know, like, because yeah. they want to know exactly who is taking their kids exactly. on these long trips to Columbus, Ohio, all yeah. that, right? Like, it's, you know what, it, it forced him to mature fast. Because at the end of the day, guess what? I'm 23. If I'm taking her on a trip 10 hours, 13 hours away, if something happened, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Right? And we would get on two vans, me and my wife. Yep. So if I'm 23, my wife would have been 21, right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and we're responsible for 12, 13, 14 boys under the age of 17. That's crazy. Right? So it really, really forced him to grow up, forced to grow up fast. So how seriously do you take that role of, of being a role model, not only now to your, your own kids, but to kids that come into the program in the, in the Great Iron Academy? How, how serious is it to you to be such a big role model? Uh, Brent, I, I take it even more serious now because I have kids, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I think that um, growing up, uh, if you go ask my teacher at St. Pete's, I was not always a great kid, to be honest with you. If you if some teacher would tell you straight up that, guess what? 
were surprised that Victor even went to university. Straight up. Uh, because obviously growing up, I had, I had a lot of obviously character issues, behavior issues, right? Uh, but one thing now is uh, I don't like being a hypocrite, right? If I preach something, I need to live it. That's good. Uh, I, I need to live it. I, I can't be a fraud, right? Uh, I got two daughters. Uh, I, I, I cannot, I cannot, because obviously one thing that is inevitable is the kids will grow. And that's the reason why I've always been so honest with you guys. Mm -hmm. Because I know that there will be a day where, guess what, I'll run into Brandon in the mall. Because we live in the yeah. same city. We yeah. live in the same town. Like, like you, Two minutes away. Two minutes walk. You know, I see it on a regular basis, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to be able to hold my... I want to be able to look look up, look up, you up in the eye, right? And be, and, be, and be able to say hi to you. Yeah. Right? And that's, that, that's one thing to me. Is like, guess what? Uh, a lot of people, you know, say things just to make it sound good. But now, I guess what? I want to live it. Yeah. I want to live it. I want... I want uh, you know what, Brandon? I guess what? I want, I want to have that type of lynch. Guess what? If you hear news, I guess what Vic did this. That you're like, I'm in that, I'm in that position right now because I hear things and I'm able to kind of look back and say, you know what? I know for a fact that that's not true. Yes, I've been a part of the program. I know what Coach Vic is about. And there's times when I kind of, I just kind of sit back and I want to see what these people are saying. And then if it gets egregious enough, there's times when I step in and I'm like, listen, like th that's not true. I've been a part of the program. That's that's not how he rolls. And just back to what you were saying about how you want to live what you're preaching. I look back and I think about the things that you preached. And there's nothing that I can go back that I can think of right now and say, oh, Coach Vic preached this. But when I see him in his in his own life, he lives something different. Everything that you preach to us, I see you living. And that's very commendable in, in my opinion. And uh, kudos to you for that thing. So that's, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. And I, and I think too is it's kind of like I, I told you about my background. Growing up, obviously, like I was not always, uh, I didn't make the best choice in life, right? And the funny part about it, Brandon, is my son's it's gonna be four soon, and he's the exact same way. Yeah. Like I posted something earlier today. Guess what? My son is a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. I think I saw that. Yeah. It's a reflection of me. And like, guess what? I need to be the man. That I want him to be. Mm -hmm. I can't just say it. I can't just talk it, right? Same thing when it comes to athlete, that athlete coach relationship, right? I need to be the man that I want you to be. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell to be to have good character. I cannot tell to talk about integrity. I can't talk about you know about that yeah. accountability. And I turn around, I'm nothing like I'm nothing like that. You see what I'm saying by that? Because yeah. obviously the way it works too, guess what? It will catch up to you some days. Yeah. And I really like. And that's one thing I I, I really want to make sure that is what the kids, the kids are getting the right message. Yeah, you have to avoid being one of the people that that falls into the trap of saying "do as I say, not as I do." Whenever I hear someone say that, my parents have said that before. Yes. Whenever I hear that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. If you're telling me that, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> let me see you do it, and for you to be doing it is uh, is very respectful. Yeah, for sure. you know. You, and another thing too is like I'm still young enough. That me, you can go out and drink now. Yeah, can you believe that? I can. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, guess what? Like <laughs> we got beer in the fridge right here. I know. You know. <laughs> so what I'm saying here is, guess what? And I was telling Tyrone the same thing the other day. Is guess mm -hmm. what? If I was fraud, you guys would be found out now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, I I got to keep it 100. You know, I'm not always like what I come out of my mouth is not always pretty. Yeah. But I'm. But no one's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. 
And but, you at least you own that, you know, you're not you're not sitting here saying I'm perfect, I never made mistakes. So yes. yeah. So before we wrap it up, uh, I just want to kind of touch back on one of the things we were talking about a little bit before. The program itself, uh, Great Iron Academy, so as we kind of talked about, it kind of comprises of weightlifting, getting, uh, getting your kids big and strong, uh, speed training, and getting us nice and fast, and then position-specific uh, position stuff, so getting us ready to actually play the sport of football. So where did your kind of knowledge in, because one of the things that people could probably see on the camera, you're pretty jacked. You know, yes. you got a little shirt on there. You're, you're looking pretty buff, Coach Vic. I see your videos too on I your Instagram. I have to keep it up, man. Exactly. Like you say, you have to live what you're preaching. So where did your kind of love for, for weightlifting and uh, kind of training kind of come into play? Where did, that, uh, where did that kind of start? Did it start with gridiron or were you already kind of into that? You know, uh, going back to my early years, I started playing football in grade nine. So I started mm -hmm. playing football. Really late. That's late. Like yeah. I said, like my parents are from Cameroon. You guys can understand the accent. I speak French. That's my first language. Yeah. So my sports growing up was soccer. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, I think I was a bit too. Too D's for soccer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. back then I was not D's yet, but I was a bit too aggressive for soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when I started St. Pete's in grade nine, you know, we, we had a great team. Coach Bean was a head coach. And that's when I started playing football. My first, my, my first year playing football was a D lineman. Because I didn't know anything about football, right? So like, this yeah. gets tough, you know. Mm -hmm. Although I was only five eight, maybe one hundred sixty pounds, but he's tough. tough. Yeah. He's tough, you know. My daddy doesn't mind getting getting beat up a bit. So that was the fir my first year. So my real, really first year playing community football when when I was sixteen years old. So we're talking grade end of grade ten, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much. Yeah, beginning of grade ten, six. Yes, um, and um, I played for the Dukes. So back then, midget was 18 and above. Mm -hmm. But when I tried for the Cumberland Panthers, uh, I want to play running back because that was my natural position for my height and everything else. They're like, oh, we, we really don't have any space with the running back. We can play any other position. So um, my best friend was playing for the Dukes. I walk into one of the practices. And I was like, um, coach, um, I guess I'm supposed to be playing Bantam right now. But uh, they, they don't have any position for me to play running back. Uh, they want to play any, some other position. So the head coach back then, Randy Bellini, contacted the, the Panthers. Like, you guys want to release this guy? Like, he, he's really looking to play for us. You know, about that play up. Mm -hmm. And uh, Panthers released. Wow. He like, can go play. can go play midget. So you played a level up. I play, I play a level up. Wow. Uh, so level up, first time play running back. <sighs> level up. Uh, That's like, a tall order. Exactly it. The 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 Dukes program, Glass they will call the Glasser Dukes. Now they call the Raftmans now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Orleans Raftmans. Uh they had a lifting program in the off season. Hmm. And I had an amazing coach called Randy Bellini. Uh, not Randy Bellini, Trevor Monham. Trevor Monham played uh, Division One football at Murray State. So that's when I started lifting at sixteen hmm. years old. Okay. Uh like I say, I went from 160, 165 to 190 in one off season. Wow. And Jeez. that was it for me, right? Like that was my passion mm -hmm. from like I said, mid grade ten all the way to to grade all the way to like literally to grade eleven. And I was one ninety by by the time grade grade eleven hit. Jeez. So that's that's where I found that's that passion, started. right? And and I was blessed. A lot of kids go to the to the Y, go to 
to good life and kind of like do things by themselves. But I was blessed to have a guy that knew what he was doing from the get go. Exactly. Like I said, my first year, my first year lifting, I squat four hundred pounds. I was able to clean. I think I was I was clean two forty five, my first year. Wow. So and um, that's just like I said at that point. Like I said, I have no grade ten. You have nothing else, but you have nothing else going on for you. I, yeah. Like I said, I had a part time job, so for me it was eating going to school and working out, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was it. So that's where I found the passion. And when I started Ottawa U between playing football and playing football and going to university, my part-time job at Ottawa U was a personal trainer at Ottawa U too. Oh, okay, so you got to work out a little bit in there I, I, Exactly. I work, I work as a personal trainer in Ottawa U for until pretty much I started working in the government full-time. So that's, that was my passion. I love it. You know, like... And uh, I want to keep doing until I die. Literally. You see yeah. what I'm saying with that? Exactly. <laughs> So one last question. I know uh, you probably have to be home, be back with your family pretty yes. soon. So one last question before we wrap it up. What's next for Gridiron Academy? Uh, what's what's your kind of outlook for the future? Is it kind of stay on the same course, keep pumping kids out to the States? What do you kind of foresee for the future? Uh, you know what? I'm looking for someone, you know, that been through a program to come take over. Because to be honest, I can't do this forever, man. I can't do this forever. Hmm. You know, uh, we can keep pumping kids. Hopefully, like I said, like... Uh, our goal, obviously, I, we talked to, I talk, you remember, pro, uh, Eli Camp. Our yeah. goal is to have about five playing NFL by in five years. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's definitely feasible. I think it's feasible, for that's sure. Definitely feasible. And uh, unlike the old generation, I want the young guys to come and take over. Mm. Because as much as I have a lot of knowledge, Eli knowledge versus my knowledge, we can't compare the two. Yeah. So I want guys like that to come back, right? And bring this to another level. Hmm. Like I said, I can see myself doing this for maybe another 10, 15 years. That's it. Okay. And that's still a good amount of time. You yeah. Know, like a I couple, said. A like, couple generations. And, and literally, like I said, like I can see Quinn's really involved now too, yeah. right? Quinn's Quinn, Quinn, uh, Quinn, Quentin Soros is like my right-hand man, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's graduated from Carlton later this year. And he's going to be a huge part of the program. Yeah. And Ryan he's McFarland. out at he's, uh, Carlton right now. Yes, he's yes, Having a couple sir. hundred yard games. Yes, sir. Yeah, stud receiver at Carlton University. Shout out to Quinn Soros. Quinn Soros. He's, yeah. uh, and hopefully, like I said, guys, like you come and step in yeah. and really, really, like I said, I want to be able to step out of this. Yeah. Uh, because I want this to keep growing. Yeah. And usually a lot of time, usually it happened in business too, right? Like companies, the exact same thing, right? It's, even people that work in the government, a lot of time too, like you need the youth to the take succession over. Plan. The succession plan. You need mm -hmm. to take over because football game, the the game of football has changed a lot. It changed every two years. What what I what I was doing twenty years ago, or not twenty years ago, what I was doing ten years ago, is not even applicable today. So we want we want the next generation, uh, the next generation to have guys who who are younger. Yeah. Right. Because even now. When, when we're coaching balls together, like, I'm 33, you're 23, mm -hmm. right? Kids will listen to you, you a lot more than they listen to me. Because, obviously, as age gap, you're a lot closer. Yeah, they're able to... To relate. relate. Yeah, exactly. A lot better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, th that's that's a plan. Really push it. Really push it. Making sure that those guys that went through prom can come back and get this thing keep we can keep it going because go. honestly like i said i got a i got a family mm -hmm. <laughs> right i got a family and one time i soon soon rather than later even if guy can step in the next five years i will you know yeah like i said it's not about me i want this i want this community to keep growing there you go
So Coach Vic, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm uh, very grateful that we were able to take this time as we know uh, you're a very busy man. So again, thank you for coming on. So let the people know where they can find you. What's your Instagram handle? Instagram. By the way, before before I even go there, Brandon, this is amazing. By the way, like you know what that like this. You know what this is why I love my job. Seeing guys like you grow to become. Like I said, I told you about obviously your job and everything else. Like yeah. By the way, you're doing a great job, my man. Thank you. Um, Facebook, Facebook. Obviously, Victor Tedondo. My last name Tedondo. T e d o n d o. Victor. Uh, Instagram, IG, Gridiron Academy. That's it, and uh, um, I'm a bit old, but I'm on Snapchat once in a while. Okay, is uh, Grand Academy dot uh, Grand Grand Academy dot Grand dot Academy. There you go. That's my my snap. All right, yo. So everyone, check out Coach Vic. He's doing a great thing in the community. One more time, thank you, Coach appreciate Vic. Appreciate it, dog. Really appreciate it. All right, so from the Triple S Podcast, I'm Brandon Smith signing off. Take care, guys. Take care, guys. Yeah, this be a life, no gimmick.